Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. You know, one of the truths of growing uh, church today in this kind of post-pandemic or whatever this time period is we find ourselves in is it's difficult. Uh, really, as we come out of the pandemic, we're, we're looking for ways to reach new people. And you know what? I want you to check out our friends over at 5-2 because they've created a guide that will help lead you through five surprisingly easy steps to create a church that's blessing the community. And listen, guess what? Churches that bless the community are also growing. The good news, you don't have to do it all by yourself. In this guide, 5-2 walks you through this proven process to find the right group of people who will help carry the load and bring church growth to your ministry. You'll be relieved, people will be helped, your church will grow. 5-2 has helped hundreds of pastors find and mobilize leaders for growth. That's really what their expertise is in. What I want you to do is go to 5-2, that's F-I-V-E-T-W-O dot com forward slash leaders for a step-by-step proven process to get the right leaders on board with this. Listen, your church needs this, my church. We are looking for ways to get leaders plugged in. Again, that's 5-2, the full the full letters, F-I-V-E-T-W-O dot com forward slash leaders. And stop wondering how to grow your church in this current season. Feel like you feeling like you have to do it all yourself. You don't need to do that. Find and mobilize leaders in as little as five weeks. Again, drop by 5-2.com forward slash leaders today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, Rich from Unseminary. So glad that you have decided to tune in. You know, every week we try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you. And today, super excited to have Pastor Eddie Hastings with us. He is from a great church, Chet's Creech Church, which began in 1998 uh, and is currently led by Spike Hogan. It's a fantastic church in Florida. They've got four locations. Uh, It's one of the fastest growing churches in the country. And Eddie is the executive pastor of ministries. Eddie, welcome to the show today. So glad you're here. Thanks, Rich. Glad to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the church? Kind of give us a, fill out the picture, give us a, tell us a little bit about it, paint it in a little bit, and then tell us about your role. Okay. Uh, like you mentioned, Chet's Creek's been around uh, about 23, 24 years. Uh, pastor Spike is the founding pastor, also still the lead pastor. Um, about uh, maybe 10 years ago, it's eight years ago, we went into a uh, feeling like our building was starting to fill up. And so we started mm-hmm. looking at some different options. And really, multi-site seemed to be the best option and the best use of our resources and stewardship. So mm-hmm. it's been a, a great uh, ride. It's also been a real learning experience going from one to four campuses. We do uh, live preaching at all the campuses. It's not video venues. It's They have their own mm-hmm. pastor. Uh, they have their own staff, that kind of thing, which um, makes for some unique challenges, but also is uh, very much um, part of our vision is to you know, about relationships and to have a person there that is relational leader to that mm-hmm. campus. So I've been at Chet's uh, 15 years. I started mm-hmm. as a middle school minister, got out of that as quick as I could. Uh, so That's funny. all those folks it. that serve in <laughs> middle school, man, it's amazing. Uh, and now I have a middle schooler, so I'm nice. very thankful for the middle school minister at our church. Yeah, um, yeah. But I've also done, uh, done administration, um, adult ministries, 
I even mm -hmm. filled in for the preschool minister when we didn't have one. So a little bit of everything. Um, about a year ago, uh, our executive pastor uh, took another position. And so instead of hiring another executive pastor, we ended up splitting it into two positions. And I'm the executive pastor of ministry, so I kind of lead the teams related to uh, discipleship, worship, uh, the different age groups, all that kind of stuff. And then um, we have an executive pastor of administration who handles all the facilities, the mm -hmm. um, HR, all the kind of finances and stuff. And he does a fantastic job. And it's great having two of us because we split up the responsibilities. And I'm not uh, into all the things that he has to do. And so it, it mm -hmm. makes great teamwork having him there. And um, the three of us, he and I, and then the senior pastor, Pastor Spike, kind of form the executive team. And then, Love of course, it. we have the couple of uh, campus pastors. Uh, we're in the process of searching for one right now. Um, so we, we're at two campus pastors right now, and I'm kind of filling in at that other campus. Um, so it's been kind of busy the last couple of weeks, but it's been fun to get to be over there a lot. So. Love it. This is so good. And and a lot of churches do end up um, when they bring on an executive pastor or maybe as the church grow grows, uh, do kind of bifurcate that role in a very similar way that you're that you you know you have at Chet's Creek. And so this is a great profile for people to kind of get a sense of how that works. Can you talk to me about the team that reports to you? Kind of what is the the scope, this the span of care that you're, you know, you're overseeing? So I have um I think about uh, about five uh, mm -hmm. direct reports that are team yep. leaders. So the worship mm -hmm. team, the uh, kids team, student mm -hmm. team, adults team, uh, they all um, are up under that, that ministry of umbrellas. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a missions team too, and they actually work with, the, uh, with Clayton, with our administrative pastor. But um, the other, all the ministry teams I kind of work with. And so it's uh, a, a good range of folks. It's, some of them are people that have been in our church for quite a long time. And that mm -hmm. I've known for a while and are, are good friends and uh, some of them are newer, but um, we meet together once a week and mm -hmm. uh, try to get everybody on the same page. And then they meet with their teams, of course, once a week too. Uh, we mm -hmm. kind of have them, Mondays is our meeting day. So pretty much Monday, everybody from all our campuses comes in to, to the, the campus that we're at, the, the first one. And we have mm -hmm. meetings kind of nonstop that day, which can be exhausting, but it really being face to face keeps us on the same page and super yep. important. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've led in multiple churches where we've made the transition from, you know, a thousand to 3000 to, you know, pushing 5,000 plus. And there's an interesting thing I've seen, and I'd love for you to kind of think about this or comment on this uh, somewhere in that, when, when you transition, when you're above 2000 and you're kind of heading towards 5,000 plus it, it's like the organization has to change from just running good services, just having great environments to like, we've actually got to build a great team. Like the actual, the focus of us as a leadership team is actually the development of a great team. Have you seen those kind of dynamics at Chet's Creek as you've led? Because you've seen a lot of growth and change in your role. You've been in a lot of different seats. Um, when you think about that, have you seen that or kind of comment on the kind of team development piece? Yeah, I think that's really true because you really move from where if it's a smaller team or smaller church, you know those people really well and you're with them a lot, uh, you're, you know, that kind of thing. But when you have multiple campuses and part-time and full-time staff that are spread over multiple locations, you're not with those people a lot. And so you have to work mm -hmm. harder at the team, knowing each other, trusting each other and being able to work together. That's certainly been what we've experienced is it's just gotten um, very complicated, you know, with all the, mm -hmm. the moving pieces now. Um, and each one of them is in a different context. And so we, value their input on helping us, you know, interpret the, our strategy to their context and, 
and and they um, they look to us to provide the resources and the strategy for that. So it is it's a, it, it's about personalities and about getting the team together uh, and and really working together to achieve that that common goal. Well, I'd love to learn more from you. This is, uh, you get a chance to tap your expertise. How did you take, so I think everyone that's listening is like, yes, of course, I want my team, you know, even if it's a team of two or three people, let alone, you know, 20 or 30 or more, I want them to to get along and to, you know, function well. What have you done to move that from an intention to an action to say, okay, we're going to not just think about these things, but we're actually going to try to take some steps uh, you know, to be, okay, this is not just a good idea. It's like something we've actually done. What have you done uh, as a leadership team to actually try to help build that kind of team cohesion? Uh, well, I think it's very important for us to understand ourselves and then the people on our team, um, mm. who they are, what they're like, how they think. Um, I think sometimes the, the temptation is that everybody that, you know, if you work at the same church and go to the same church, you all view things the same way and um, process things the same way. And and that's just not true, as we know. Mm. Um, everybody and God values individually individuality very much because He's made us all so different. Um, mm. But He also values community so much because He's made that you know something we desire. And so, how do you bring together these individuals that are all very different into a community mm. that you know God has called together to accomplish some mission? Um, so, what we've done uh, over the years, early on, we had a, a man in our church who uh, was later our executive pastor who did a great job of, he was um, uh, uh, into leading and consulting and helping leaders develop. And so one of the things he did was introduce us to the DISC personality profile, mm, yep. um, which is, I know is an older one and uh, that kind of thing. But we kind of latched onto that. And our staff has been through that several times. Every time we hire somebody new, we have them take that assessment. Every time we, um, about every other year, um, we will mm-hmm. kind of have everybody relearn it, uh, re-talk about it. And I mean, I'm not a salesman for discs. So, I mean, there's tons of great assessments out there. I know lots of people like like the Enneagram or the temperaments or any of those. Um, But I think if you just pick one and you stick with it, you really get a common language to talk about as a staff and understanding. I think it's a mistake sometimes. And we've done this before where, you know, what's the the next latest thing? Oh, let's go take that assessment. And then this one, Mm -hmm. you start to get confused on now, am I... Uh, a, a strength finder person or am I number seven or am I a fox or whatever the different ones are? I mean, <laughs> a green, uh, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> am I a plant? I don't know. Um, yes. So you, you do. So it's helped us to kind of stick with one um, that we all kind of know. And I guess they all have their strengths and weaknesses depending on how you look at them and, and they can be helpful. But as we've embraced this and, and talked about it for a long time, the people on staff, they'll say a letter like, oh, you're an I, and they kind of know what that means. And um, it doesn't it doesn't let us pigeonhole people, but it really helps us understand what does this person need from me as I lead them? How yep. do I talk to them? How do I give them feedback? Um, how do I help them develop? Um, because uh, as you know, you know, the different personalities need different things. And some folks want very direct, very blunt feedback, and, and they'd mm-hmm. much rather you tell them the hard stuff up front and let them deal with it. And then other folks want you to couch that more in, you know, let's talk about the good and the bad and let's kind mm-hmm. of approach this, you know, in kind of a more roundabout way. And man, yep. it's really a mistake. And I've done this before when you have that person that needs the blunt feedback and you try yes. to beat around the bush with them and they don't <laughs> get like, the message at what all. What are you saying? I don't understand what you're saying. Exactly. Right. Yeah. The hint and hope kind of thing. And 
I think what I've fallen into sometimes is, you know, we, we communicate with others the way we think we want to be communicated with. Yes. And that may not be the way that they best receive it. So yeah, it's just being mindful of that in your conversations and team meetings. Yeah. It's amazing how much you'd think this, you know, it's like one of these things, it sounds like apple pie, but it is, um, it's one of those truths that time and again, I've run into as I've led leaders is helping people understand not everyone is like you, that the people you lead are different than you. And therefore you have to be aware of that as uh, you lead. Let's talk about, so again, friends, we're not, no, no one is making money off of disc today. So, you know, it's fine. We're not here to try to sell you on disc, uh, but help us understand. Maybe we'll talk about through the life cycle of a, a staff member before you hire a team member. How are you using this personality t- assessment? Are you thinking about roles in relation to, you know, the kinds of letter in this case that might fit that well role? Uh, let's talk about that to start. What does that look like? Uh, maybe even before we hire somebody. So we start when, when we do, and, and you're right about hiring. Hiring is the scariest thing I do. And I just go into that <laughs> knowing that God is in control of that process. And that brings a great amount of peace, but also know that a lot rests on that. So, yep. um, before we, when we were interviewing someone and going through all these things, uh, um, we will have them take the disc profile. And um, mm-hmm. I look at it more for how they would fit in to the team they're going to be a part of than necessarily mm. a lot about insight into their particular personality or whatever. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, yeah. So it's like if this team already has a lot of people that are strong, dominant D personalities, we may not want to put another one in that mix, you know? <laughs> Um, and so we've seen that. I mean, we, we, we have some team, different teams over the years that have been in that. We have uh, had a team that had um, a lot of people that were in the, um, the IS, you know, supportive and very relational, very people were super important to them. Um, mm-hmm. And they worked really well together. They loved each other, loyal to each other. Sometimes it takes them longer to make a decision because they didn't have that mm-hmm. person that had that kind of, okay, here's what we're going to do, bring everybody to the point. And on the other side of that, we've seen teams that have too many people like that on them. And then, you know, it's not clear who the leader is and people are kind of both stepping into different things and not staying in their lane, you know, how that stuff works. So Mm -hmm. um, it really helps us, I think, from that team aspect. So Mm -hmm. the particular assessment um, that that this guy helps us do, one of the things it gives you is um, not just the pages of, you know, what you're like, but it plots you with all the other team members on a chart. Mm, And so you can kind of just look at it graphically and see, wow, there's a big cluster down here. They really need some people in another, with another strength set, with another personality, Mm. kind of bring some balance because I do think the best teams really have all the personalities represented. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there may be personalities um, that impact the way you do your job and the way you relate, but I think really all of them are fit for any role in ministry because God created us and calls us to that. Yeah. That's cool. Now, when you think about, um, you know, in the regular cadence of someone serving on your team, you talked about how you kind of refresh it every two years. Uh, let's talk about what that refresh looks like. How, you know, when you roll it out, you say, okay, let's, we're all taking the test again. Is that what you're doing? Are you doing it in like a staff retreat setting or what does that, what does that look like to kind of raise the flag? We usually do it with the last time we've done it a couple of times have been staff retreat settings. So yep. um, we do uh, about one staff retreat a year. And before I was in this role, that staff retreat was really more the educational discipleship team that I led and we did mm-hmm. it there. And then now we've started doing it for the whole team. Um, but it's uh, we'll do it, you know, once every other year or so bring it as a part of a retreat. Mm-hmm. If there's a lot of new people, we'll spend more time on it. Um, 
we don't usually make everybody retake it um, unless it's been a long time since they took it. Um, but we will have mm -hmm. anybody that hasn't taken it before, you know, for some reason, have them take it. Uh, mm -hmm. Then we share at the retreat. We'll take anywhere from, you know, if it's if it's a, a lot of people that know it pretty well, maybe less than an hour to just kind of talk about it again, mm -hmm. show everybody because some people have changed positions or whatever. Hey, here's mm -hmm. where everybody is on the. Here's who your team is. Here's what they need. Mm -hmm. Here's what they don't need. Um, and then uh, this last one we did about it. I think it was in 2020. We did this. We had um, uh, just a lot of uh, a, a lot more time. We spent about an hour and a half, two hours with where uh, one of our, our good friends, uh, Bob Bumgarner, came and shared, and he taught us and through this again, kind of refreshed the whole thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. And then we spent some time just sitting around with our team at a table, talking through, you know, what on here. One of the great things about it is you look at it, you're not everything on that list of characteristics. So you look at right. and say, which ones of these describe me, and which ones are like, no, that's not me. So, right. yeah, I mean, as a team, you're kind of looking at that going, oh, okay, I see that in you and I don't and letting them have some time to talk about it in there. But I know since then we've had times where um, somebody on a team leader has come and said, hey, I need to have a hard conversation with this one person. Can you pull their disc profile again so I can remind mm -hmm. myself of mm -hmm. how I communicate to them hard conversations? Yeah, so it's I love that. helpful as a tool for that, for sure. Absolutely. And again, I, I think a part of what the advantage or the the strategy here is to pick one of these. And again, there's a lot of them and to stick with it because it's actually, as it becomes a shared language in the organization, as it becomes the kind of thing that we can understand. And it, that takes a while, at least that's been my experience with these things. It's like, it's not on the first reading, it's a second or third as you start to chew on it and, um, you know, kind of understand it a little bit more, you start to see, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, and actually, as you live it out in life, you're like, oh, I see why they're reacting to this situation. They in a different way. I was going to actually ask you that and you went there already. You're very smart. Uh, <laughs> what, what about on the, the situations where maybe we're having to have a coaching conversation that's a bit more in the, like, you're not actually performing well. Um, you're, we, we need you to change this behavior or, you know, pull up this part of what you do. How does your approach to disc and this, how does that fit into those conversations or, or does it at all? Yeah, it does. Um, we, like I said, sometimes we'll go back and kind of refresh ourselves before we have those conversations mm -hmm. to remind ourselves of read over this person's profile because at the end of the conversation, the goal is not for me to feel better about it, but for them to understand what we're saying and then be able to yes. act on it. So I have to communicate to them in a way that they'll hear it and mm -hmm. receive it and not, um, get so defensive or get, uh, so caught up in the emotion of it that they don't hear underneath it, hey, we're having this because we care about you. We want you to be better and we want to help you be better. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So that helps a lot to kind of think about some of the, the personalities that are more um, more task focused. Um, you know, that's their big thing is getting things done. And so when you talk to them, you know, they, they want that kind of direct kind of like, show me specifically what needs to improve. Tell me and I'll do it kind of thing like that. And so you have that kind of conversation. And then you have people that are more relational oriented mm -hmm. and, and for them, you know, it, they, when they, when someone gives them feedback, they take that to heart. And so mm -hmm. you want to be sure you're talking about, um, their, their action or things, not their, um, not themselves or their personality, you know, so you kind of want to be sure you're not letting them feel like I'm attacking you or I'm mm -hmm. saying something's wrong with you. I'm just saying, here's a behavior that needs to change or, a, uh, here's a decision you made that we should do different or something like that. Yeah. I love it. A again, the nuance I want people to pick up on there. 
I love the using these tools to help me understand as I'm communicating with a team member, okay, this person, um, they're going to receive this communication in a certain way. So I need to make sure that I'm communicating in a way that, that it's going to stick for them. What a gift to people. Again, it's that simple idea of like, not everyone is the same as you. Let's think about uh, the other person. And these are, you know, good active tools um, on that. That's, that's fantastic. When you think about the, um, you know, kind of the future, and as you look to uh, continue to expand as a church, I'm hoping Chet's Creek continues to launch new locations down the road. Um, is there any way that these, uh, you know, kind of per- personality assessments are helping you shape your team as you think to the future? As Are there areas where you're like, you'd mentioned this a little bit, like, oh, this team might be a little too leaning too far this direction. You know, how is that impacting, uh, you know, as you think about the future and particularly adding new team members, that kind of thing on that side of it? Yeah, we're starting to really look at that more. So one of the things we do, like I mentioned, we're in the process of hiring a new campus pastor right now. We brought a new one on just earlier this year too. So we've kind of been in this process for a little bit. Um, Is we start with a profile of what we think Mm -hmm. that campus needs. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not just personality, but, you know, their giftedness, their strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. and things like that. But some of it is personality. And some of that is really based on, we look at who's already on the team there. Who's the, who's Mm -hmm. the staff, who's the key leaders there. Um, We're very much a staff led church. So it's very important that that team dynamic um, becomes, uh, is, is a good one. So we want somebody that the staff will work with and they'll, they'll be able to follow and that kind of stuff. So it has mm-hmm. been, we, we, as we've looked at the last uh, couple hires, and then as we look towards the future, we, you know, part of that is um, what does this campus and what does this uh, staff need? Do they need somebody that's highly relational? I mean, relational is, is kind of our big ingredient at our church. Um, we have uh you know, a lot of things that we do well, but we really are push the um, relational side. Our, our, and that comes from our, our senior pastor. He's amazing at that. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy who's always out in the atrium, you know, and everybody's talking to him. People, mm-hmm. he, he's able to relate to just about anybody. He mm-hmm. doesn't, um, you know, sit around backstage before the service starts or whatever. In fact, sometimes they have to run out and say, hey, you're about to be on stage, right? So um, <laughs> I love quit talking to people and come in. Um, but he's so good at that. So that's important at all of our campuses. So we kind mm-hmm. of look for that kind of a person who has that ability to engage people um, on a it. personal level. And then, of course, there's things they need to be good at. But uh, we put those as, you know, those may not be as we create our profile, they may be further down the list. So mm-hmm. one campus may need somebody who's a really good uh, preacher because that's what mm-hmm. that particular thing needs. Another campus may just need somebody who's much more of a, a mobilizer, able to get people engaged and, and in volunteering and things like that. So we mm-hmm. do try to kind of use that as a, one of the benchmarks when we're talking to different folks. It's it. funny, the more you do it, you start to, and I, this is probably bad assumptions, but the more you've done it, <laughs> you, you start to talk to people. And I mean, before we have them take the test, I'll be sitting there thinking, I bet he's an I, I bet he's a, you know, whatever. <laughs> sure. And, yes. and usually it usually ends up being about, about right when they take the test. So. Yeah, which again, I think is is great actually, because what that means is you're attuning your leadership to other people. You're you're just simply um, exercising discernment, understanding, trying to you know learn who other people are, and this is one way to kind of label some of that understanding. You know, DISC is one of them. There's lots of different ways out there. Um, so kind of an adjacent issue. So it's not this isn't like directly on particularly this personality. Um, 
you know, profiling as a part of the kind of leadership circle, but as an adjacent issue around hiring, I get the sense that you've done a lot of interviewing over the years. I feel like that's been a a part of what you've done. If you were meeting with a, a new leader or maybe a younger staff member who's doing some hiring for the first time, and you were going to give them a bit of coaching around, okay, so we're, we're going to sit down and do some interviews here. Uh, what would be some of that uh, those kind of two or three salient points that you say, hey, this what's this is what makes a great interview. Here's what here's what you need to do uh, to try to use this time rather than uh, just kind of fritter, fritter it away. Which I think it can be so easy when you first do interviews. You're like, I'm not even sure what just happened there. I don't know was any of that helpful. So interviews, what would be some of those things that you would you would advice you'd give to a a younger team member on that issue particularly? That's a great question because I wish I had somebody had done that for me. Um, it, it has become more and more uh, stuff that I've picked up um, from listening to other people talk. Um, and I don't remember where some of this has come from, but one That's of the things I heard good. recently uh, or about two years ago was you should have as many interviews with a person as you can. Like don't just have, don't, don't be afraid mm. to, to have more interviews than you think you need mm-hmm. and to have people in the room and now on zoom, I guess it's the way we're doing it now, but to have mm-hmm. people there that are, uh, may not have anything to do with that person's position, but you trust their opinion and they, they mm. know the culture of your church. Mm-hmm. So when we do an interview, it'll usually start with me um, mm-hmm. just kind of going through the vetting and stuff like that. Then we'll involve some more staff and some more staff. And then at some point we'll even get, you know, eight or nine staff members to do it, be in the interview. Even if we're hiring, like this is a children's person at another campus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're going to have people from other campuses be involved. Um, and part of that is it just gives you more of a read on the person. You get more input. Yep. The other yep. part of it is it also gives you more people that are rooting for their success when they get here because they mm. feel like they've been a part Oh, of the that's process. good. So, I mean, I've missed on some and, and, mm-hmm. and, but I mean, the, the great thing is, and this is the other side of it is, you know, it really is a spiritual process and God is in it. And so even if I may feel like somebody I've hired didn't work out, um, I really do believe deep down that God had them here for some reason, for a season, whatever, however mm-hmm. short or long that was, and mm-hmm. can look back and point to those things, you know, and say, mm-hmm. oh, this was, you know, something that needed to happen and that we needed that person for. So that helps me not to get, I mean, I get pretty nervous about hiring, but it helps me to always mm-hmm. rest. I need to rest in that, that God has got this and he's in control. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's, I think when you talk to these people, um, you know, you, you, get more people involved to ask questions, you know, yeah, that's good. a bigger room to interview. Yeah. And even the, I like that even having multiple people who are listening. Cause I find when I'm interviewing, when it's, when it's a one-on-one scenario is I'm, I'm thinking about not only what they're saying, but then I'm also thinking about where's the conversation need to go next. And it can be difficult. You can lose some of the nuance yeah. of what they were saying. Right. And having other people around who frankly don't have the pressure of trying to keep the thing rolling might pick up a few things. That's, uh, that's great. I also just love the general coaching around. Don't worry about investing too much on the front end. Like you got to spend time. You got to get to know, you got to do more interviews, spend more time. I've, I've advised churches over the years and done this where if it's a really senior critical role, like a campus pastor, speaking person, uh, somebody who leads an area, like, Oftentimes we'll fly those people to come see us, mm-hmm. um, and which is fine. But I've I've said, why don't we do the reverse? Let's send someone there to see their existing context and see mm-hmm. where they're currently in, 
And it's amazing how much you pick up when you go and see someone in their current environment. You know, you see them, if it's going to run student ministry, you know, you have to make up some excuse. Oh, this is my friend from Florida who's here for the weekend, wants to just come and see what we're doing. Uh, but it, but you even just that alone, some people, some candidates won't even let you do that. No, no, no you can't do that. I'm like, okay, well, that, that could be a problem. <laughs> like you're willing to come see us, but you don't want us to come see you. So that's, yeah. uh, that's great. Interviewing is such an important piece. That's a really good piece of advice. I, I like that a lot. We've not done that. That's something I think that would be super helpful. It's a, you know, that process of, it can be expensive and it can be all this, you know, time consuming. Mm -hmm. And you, sometimes you just are like ready to get the position filled. Um, yep. But I mean, taking that time where, you know, because it's so much easier to um, get it right on the front end than it is to have to undo something after they get there. Absolutely. Um, yes. Oh, for sure. And I, yeah, I know if you've been through uh, and, you know, we haven't talked about this today, but I'm assuming, you know, if you've anyone that's led and I've been through this where you end up having to let somebody go, that is such an incredibly painful process yeah. that you learn quickly. I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> like right, let's, let's, let's walk slower on the front end here and try to avoid that. That's uh, yeah, this is fantastic. Well, this has been a great conversation today. I really appreciate you helping us get a sense of uh, you know, some of, some of these um, which are really important lessons for us as we're building teams. Is there anything else you want to say just as we're wrapping up today's conversation? Um, I enjoy learning about all the other kinds of um, assessments and things that are out there. And in fact, um, mm -hmm. My wife has a master's in counseling, so she's into it. She'll talk to oh, you about nice. Enneagram and things. And, and, and I learned a lot from that too. And I think those are always helpful to kind of talk about those things. But I do think, I mean, I would just stress, like I said, find the one that works best for your situation mm -hmm. and stick with it long enough that people, when you say a letter or a number or a color or whatever mm -hmm. it is, mm -hmm. people automatically know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, no, in in so our true. culture, it's come to the point of... Uh, at our church where, you know, we can joke about it when somebody does something mm -hmm. like, Oh, you're being such a D personality right now, you know, yes. and stuff like that. It's so always easy to pick that. on the D's. You can always <laughs> pick on the D's because they can take it is why <laughs> they can right. take it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. So that's, that's an important thing. And, and, and our staff, um, getting along fun, teasing each other is a real big part of what makes it fun to be a part of Chet's Creek. So love it. Well, I really appreciate you being here today, Eddie. If people want to track with you or with the church, get a bit to know a bit more of the story, where do we want to send them online? Uh, Chetscreek.com is our website, mm -hmm. and uh, they can find uh, a lot of stuff there, uh, information mm -hmm. there and everything. So Nice. Thanks so much. Appreciate you being here today, Eddie. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.